Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 141 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And this one is about the art. It's actually part two. Last week we looked at an article from the Imagine FX magazine issue number 65 for January 2011 and it was an article called The A to Z of Sci-Fi Art and we got through the letters A to M. So this week we're finishing it off with the letters N to Z. And I've got to say, I think, mate, well, I loved last week's, I loved the article lo- last week. I think I love it even more now. Some of the letters, some of the things coming up is really fun. And I'm still wearing my little N7 dress, which is a, from Mass Effect. And one of the amazing things, <laughs> I was going to say it's quite fitting. It's, yeah, it is, it is fitting. Because what's happened is, one of the artists in this article from the letters N to Z actually worked on the video game Mass Effect which is amazing because that's like one of my favourite games that is so I think let's just get into it, get into it this week little Morty is actually the co-host this week <laughs> little Morty the mole so little Dennis is looking after Kitty in their little house and little Morty he's about to start this one off for us boing yeah he's quite cool little naughty Morty he's behaving himself this week because he, he doesn't want to be too naughty I don't think but if you want to see little Morty and see images from this little article, you can find them at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson. <laughs> what I love about Morty is he's got little hands. So he, he feels, well, this is quite interesting. I suppose hands are quite important, aren't they? Because hands are quite expressive. Yeah, so most puppets, they only have little sort of tiny little stumps. But Morty's got little fingers and everything. So I suppose he's a bit more expressive. (laughs) But let's get into this one. What I'll do is I'll quickly start with looking at the letters from last week's episode. And like I said, I'll put a link in the description and stuff if you want to go and have a look at that article. But last week we had Alien, Bridge, Cyborg, Dropship, Escape Pod, Flying Saucers, Gigantic Spaceship... Holograms, Immortal, Junkyard, Known Universe, Laser Guns and Mech Army. Can you guess what letter N is going to be? The letter N is Neon. So that's what we'll be starting with. But before we get into it, I did re- I did notice something. So last week when I was looking for little images for the thumbnail, what I, what I realised was these images are from bigger articles. So over the years, Imagine FX have been putting together articles. What they've done is, each of these little letters is like a snippet from a bigger article, which is quite exciting, I think. Because what it means is, if you're looking at one of these letters and you think, oh, I love that, you can actually, you could go and find the bigger article. And it does make sense, because some of these, where was it? I said something last week about some of them are very technical but it's like they've taken a little piece of the bigger thing, which I think is really cool. So the letters we've got coming up on this one is Neon, Other Worlds, Pulp, Quest, Robot, Steampunk, Time Machine, Utopia, Vehicle, Weapons, X-Ray, Yesterdays and Zero Gravity. 
It's brilliant. So my, my main takeaways from this week, it was that, well, the word scale, that word scale keeps coming up. It really does. It keeps coming up, that does. All about scale. Lots of little tricks. There's lots of little tricks in this second half of the article. The importance of camera angle. That came up again. Story and how it relates to keywords. Psychology of art again. I've put how I've noticed a lot of these artists start with thumbnails or rough sketches, which is something I've been learning in the other articles. I've put here keeping it real, which is again something that came up last week. Nothing's ever wasted. That was also something that came up last week. I've put here mixed mixing of nature and tech. That was a lot more in this one. There was a lot more mixing of nature and technology, which I love that. I've put here greater appreciation to non-character designs. Yeah, really. What have I put here? Look, main, my main, main, main takeaway is how everything has a story. You need to be mindful of each decision, which actually goes into this week's inspirational quote. And I've also put everything is about nature. So I went into this article last week thinking sci-fi wasn't really about nature. But what I've come away with is realising, well, nature is in everything. We're going to talk about it later, but you can use nature for inspiration, even when you're not doing things to do with nature. This is quite cool. But this first, the first one here, we've got the letter N, and it's the word neon. And it's by the artist Neville D. Souza, who is a freelance artist. And I've, as I was looking at this image, what it is, is it's, uh, it's like a skyscraper with neon lights. And it made me think of Ridge Racer, a video game, Blade Runner, and also Mass Effect. And I just thought, I love neons. There's something about neon, it's very, well, it's super futuristic, but it's super cool. Yeah, really cool. And I put here, mixed neon and nature. I don't know what that's referring to. Mixing of neon and nature. Oh, I think what I was thinking was, I love, I would love to see like a tree, like nature, with neons inside of it. I think that'd be quite cool. I've not really seen that before. A mixing of nature and neon. Because neons, neon lights are normally always in like streets and stuff like that. But what we, in the little things here I've put, how to paint a neon sign. So this is, it says, Neville explains how he paints that staple of all sci-fi cityscapes, the neon sign. <laughs> I've put here, captures viewers' attention in the dark scenes. So what it is, you can use neon lights to pull the focus. So if you've got like a dark cityscape, you could have, well, where you place your neons is going to be pulling the viewer into that. So you can use neon lights as a way to guide the viewer around the image, which is something I noticed in a lot of the other articles about how you can, well, this is where it goes into like the psychology of art. I love that. He Neville also used a 3D model and then and then he played around with it in Photoshop. He also talks about layers and linear, linear dodge. But this one here, he does the same thing that they did in one of the other ones, like the holograms. So last week in the holograms, they said you can get like a, a hologram effect by duplicating your layer and then blurring it. 
this is exactly what they've done here. What they do is, because then what happens is, you have the nice crisp light at the front, and then the layer behind, which is all blurry, it's, a, it's the same layer, but it's blurry. So what happens is, it, it sort of, it emphasises the sharpness of the first one. And that creates that neon look. So I thought it was cool. To me, that was like a little trick. It's a little trick I'm going to remember. So I've heard it twice now. So I thought it was quite cool. The next one here, we've got the letter O, which is Other Worlds. And this is by the artist John Harris, who he's actually worked with NASA, doing stuff with NASA, which is cool. I love this one. So this image, is it's all like pinks and lilacs. He even talks about why he picked those colours in a minute. And what we've got is we've got like a... You've got like a spaceship flying through a, a purple sky with like a structure in the background and loads of little people running about on the ground with a little sort of lorry or something. So what this is, is this is here. Legendary sci-fi artist John Harris discusses how to make the most of scale in an alien landscape. That word scale keeps coming up. It seems like sci-fi is a lot to do with scale making things bigger than they are to us what's it put here how to make the most of scale in an alien landscape what's it put oh he also did the painting he did a painting for isaac asimov's novel the currents of space so again like last week this article is full of like very sort of famous artists i suppose it's quite cool so this is little tips he's got for creating scale. He said about overlapping. So what he's done was it, the big structure in the background is actually behind the the ground. So it, what it does is it makes it look like the structure is even bigger than than the ground, as if it's sort of like overpowering the rest of the image. So that's one way. Another thing he's done is he's put little tiny people in the scene. Little tiny people. So again... If those people weren't there, you, you wouldn't really know. But those people, they're just little tiny squiggles as well. There's no detail, but you can tell they're people, which is... I love that. And that really creates the scale. And then he's put too big to exist on Earth, so it makes it otherworldly. So he's thinking about the word. He was told the word otherworldly, otherworlds. And he thought, well, if I make it bigger than it could be on, on Earth... We look at that and we think, well, there's no way that could be on Earth. So straight away, we're thinking otherworldly. He's also, yeah, he's, he's also done here. He's implied it's machinery, but he's not really done it properly because he said it, it, it makes the viewer fill in the gaps. So you look at it and you sort of know it's some sort of machinery, but because it's only a, a, a tiny piece of this big structure, you've got no idea what it is. So you're... Your mind is thinking, I wonder what that structure is. It's cool. So again, he's sort of he's sort of taking the viewer on he's he's telling them what's happening without forcing it on them. So they're sort of it's almost like the viewer we're sort of like having a little a sort of game. I love that. It's like we're sort of making stuff up. So in other words, three different people could look at this image and get a completely different sort of story behind it i might look at that and think it's a, a massive building someone else might look at it and think it's 
it's the legs of a, like a creature, like a robotic creature or something. So I love that. What's he put here? Camera angle. Yeah, he's put the camera down on the floor again, which makes it look like a big scale. He's also misted the horizon, which again creates the atmospheric perspective. It also gives it the... He's, he's all talking about the scale, this one. By making it blurry there, it makes makes it look bigger because it's further away. And then he's put... It's as if it's a living, breathing world. He's thought about the story. Yeah, because he's put these little people here. But he's also put like a little little lorry. So he's thinking about... He's thinking about these little people actually going on like they're doing something down there. And then you've also got a spaceship. It looks like it's coming out of it or something. So there's lots of stuff going on here, with, but we don't know really what's going on. But you get the impression there's some sort of... like a, Well, for me, I feel like it's a workforce or something. What's he put here? Thumbnails. He was talking about the importance of thumbnails. And also, I love this bit. He, he used the colours pink because they're not earth colours. So in other words, he's thinking it's got to be otherworldly. So his choice of colours was linked to the world, uh, to the word, which I thought was brilliant. So it's amazing how everything sort of, he's thinking about everything really. And also this one is done in traditional, which I like that. He, he did it in paints, oils and acrylics he did it in. The next word is pulp. And this one is by the artist Douglas Clober, Clobber or something. And it's the word pulp. I had no idea what this word was and it didn't it didn't explain it in the in the article. So I actually Googled it. And what it is is it says pulp art is covers for inexpensive fiction magazines known as pulps. Named for the cheap wood pulp paper on which they were printed or painted that's quite cool that so these are like these these are obviously like covers for old sci-fi magazine type things this one was another traditional one i really enjoyed reading uh, this is what i put i enjoyed reading his process but there's not much to say it was just fun seeing how he was inspired by pulp and i like the retro vibe of this one yeah it's it's a really nice image it's a lady and well he talks about how the lady she's she's so sort of fascinated and in love with the world that she's on that what's happened is she's she's let her attention go she's let her attention wander and what's happened is an alien which is like a sort of like a organic creature i suppose it's actually started to wrap its its vines around her leg so in other words her curiosity has now got her trapped so we're sort of we're left thinking, what's going to happen here? Is she going to be, is she going to be alright or not? We we don't know. But I lo I like that one. So I really liked this article, but there wasn't much for me to. There wasn't really much for me to say. I don't think. But he goes through the entire process on that one. The next one is the letter Q, and it's the word. The word is quest. And as soon as I heard the word quest, I thought about Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> Yeah, a video game. But this one is by the artist Bread Bean. Bread. B-R-E-T-T. Bread Bean, who is a concept artist. And this guy's actually got this week's little inspirational quote. It's a brilliant quote as well. 
But this one, I like this one. Again, we've got loads of different types of art in this article. Some of it's realistic. Some of it is like retro realistic sort of thing. And then you've got some like cartoony ones. So this one is brilliant. I, I think this might be one of my favourites. What it is, is it's a drawing like, and it's got like a video game vibe about it. You've got a bunch of free characters. And I love what he did here. So what he's done is, it's, it's a kind of cartoony, it's a cartoony thing, but it's got a cool, I said, it's got a cool connection between the characters. You can feel that these three characters, what it is, is there's three characters off exploring a planet. And you can tell that they're really close friends. Yeah. So I love the connection there. But what it is, is, he was given the word quest, and he thought of Dungeons and Dragons, but I thought of Dragon Age. So I thought, isn't it amazing how, when you hear a word, everyone thinks of something different. I like that. I thought it was quite cool. And then, so he's he's, he's been inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, which inspired his painting. And what he did was he took a tried and tested, but he made it he made it new with a sci-fi twist. So he he was inspired by Dungeons and Dragons which is all about like a group of characters going on an adventure, which is a wizard, a dwarf, and he, got, he says he's got a female. But what he's done is he's turned them into like sci-fi. I love this. So he's, he's turned the wizard, the wizard normally has magic, but in this one, because it's sci-fi, instead of magic, they've got technology with holograms. So they use holograms as like lights. Then you've got the dwarf, who's normally got an axe, but in, because it's from sci-fi, what he's done is he's taken the axe design, but he's turned it into a weapon. Like it's, it's a futuristic gun styled on an axe, which I thought was cool. And then the female, the female is the one that sort of unifies it. So she's normally got a sword, but instead she's got like a, almost like a lightsaber, I suppose. But she she looks like she's exploring. This is what he said. He said they're exploring, which gives the backstory of exploring. And he got that because of Dungeons and Dragons, because of the word quest as well. He kept thinking about the word quest. I, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, he was always thinking about the keyword quest. And he said he didn't want them to be fighting, he wanted them to be exploring, which is a bit more of a peaceful vibe. And that also, I think, helps with the creating a connection between the characters. And then what is it here? All cut there. I like this. All the characters are sort of unified via the light source, which is coming from the wizard character. And he, what he did was he placed him at the top, because then what happens then is, because he's at the top, it's almost like it's unifying the other two characters within him, which I thought was cool. And I put here, I put read the bottom bit. So what's it saying here? Oh. He says, I need the female to be exploring. I make the abnormal all-tech wizard hover over the other two classes to provide a light source and build up the backstory of exploration. It's brilliant. So this week's inspirational quote, I'm going to read it now. What it says was, he says, Saying something once in an image is an accident. Saying it twice is on purpose. And then what he also says is, he says, in other words, once you have an idea or concept, make every other decision support or be subordinal, subordinate to your main idea. I thought it was brilliant. 
So what again, it's like what they say in all the other articles. Write it out first so you know what you're doing and then always keep referring to these like keywords. Because that's going to sort of guide you. It, it, what it does is I think it keeps you focused. It keeps you focused so you don't you don't end up going off wondering. Also, this one here, it's got lots of little... It's got... It goes through the step, the process as well, with little images and stuff. Which I've always liked that. Oh, this one here, I love this one. The next one is letter R, and it's the word Robert. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the word robot. And it says... This is by Bryn, Brian D. Span. Brian D. Spain. Brian D. Spain. And he actually works on video games. This one here, if you've ever played the video game Machinarium, which is like a little point and clicky game, it's got a sort of vibe of that. But what we've got is a friendly little robot. And he's sort of, he's all on his own. Yeah, there's a really nice vibe about this. And nice colours and stuff. So what's it, what have I put here? I've put, oh yeah, I've put, I've loved the robot. Nice friendly robot. And I've put, this article is brilliant. It's all about using non-verbal cues, which I thought is, again, it's the psychology of art. What have I put? Oh, there's also something else here. I've never heard of somebody say this before. When I do stuff on the computer, working digitally, whenever I do my colouring, I always put the liner on top of the colouring. So you're colouring behind it. That's actually called back-to-front method. I, know, I never realised that. It had, it had an actual word. So the back-to-front method is putting your line art on top of the, the colours. I just thought that was quite cool to know what... But what he said here, non-verbal cues. He said if you want your robot to look sad or depressed, you can hang their head or slump their sh shoulders. If you want them to be proud or aggressive, puff the chest, throw their arms back and clench the fists. But he's also put animals also have non-verbal cues. So you can start basing your robots off of animals and stuff. But I love this because I love this sort of way art is is, is a lot more psycho psychological than I, I ever thought. And I love that. But also it's like keeping it real. So you're creating this robot, which is a made up character. But the way you can make people, like the viewer, connect with your character is by looking at real life like animals, and putting little things that animals do into your robots. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah, I think that was one of my favourite favorite articles, that. Because I love the little, little robot. He's a cool little robot, he is. He also goes through the process as well with, like, the drawings and stuff, the thumbnails. The next one is the word steampunk. This one is brilliant. The image is amazing. So the artist is called Didier Graffet. And it, it said in the article he's one of France's best illustrators. So what I did was I googled him to see, see who he is. It turns out he's actually done work for Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's created the calendars and stuff. So he's done merchandise for Game of Thrones. But this image, what we've got is... We've got like a, a space, uh, what do you call it? Well, just a normal ship, like a pirate ship or something, but it's flying. 
So you've got a mix of ancient with futuristic. Yeah, mixing the old and the new. But this one gives me a Final Fantasy vibe. Because in the old Final Fantasies, like the top-down ones, you always used to get flying ships. And I don't know why, this one just, it reminds me of Final Fantasy, this. But what we've got is, we've got, it's all golden colours. Which also creates this, it helps make it feel retro, or like ancient. So even though it's all futuristic, it feels like ancient. Which is, again, he's going back to the, the word steampunk. I put it here, little things. Oh, this is cool. What he's done is, this ship is in the dock. But he's made the propellers be spinning. So we know that the ship isn't, it's not in the dock. It's either just leaving or just coming in. So again, that's creating like a little, a little sort of story. Because you start thinking, well, where is it going and stuff like that. So in other words, he didn't just leave it as as it was switched off. He he thought about that. Subtle cues creating the story. What have I put here? Yeah, I've put here is he's put the propellers on as if it's ready for action, even though it's in its in the dock. So again, it's creating like a little story. You've also got little people again. There's little people sitting on the dock. So again, that's that's creating his scale, sense of scale. You've got little birds and stuff, which creates atmosphere. And then I've put up, I said I like the, the classic colour of the, the colours, the classic feel of the colours. This one's brilliant though. It's very, it's very technical that one. Really cool. The next, oh this one's amazing. The next one is the letter T and it's for the word, it's time machine. And what do you reckon the time machine is? It's, it's the DeLorean. The classic, the classic DeLorean from Back to the Future. So this is by the artist Andrew Probert. And he also did the letter B. He did the letter B, which was Bridge from Star Trek. And this artist, he's actually worked on Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica. And he's also worked on Back to the Future. He actually designed the DeLorean. How amazing is that? What he did was he took someone else, well, this guy called Ron Cobb, he came up with like the the concept and then Andrew Probert, he sort of fine-tuned it and took took it to what it become. So how amazing is that? He's created probably one of the most iconic designs, I would say, ever. That DeLorean, it's probably, it's got to be one of the, can you think of of, of a vehicle that is more iconic than that? I feel like in a million years time that is still going to be amazing because the design is so good I think it will it will stand the test of time. <laughs> That's quite cool isn't it? It's a time machine that stands the test of time. But what is it he's done here? I put he based it off of somebody else. Yeah that's it. He, ma- he mounted oh yeah yeah what happened was this, the guy called Ron who came up with the initial concept he didn't. What he did was, this guy here, Andrew Probert, he made this more realistic or more believable. But he started mounting like the cables around the vehicle. So in other words, what he did was he he took the design, which was imagination, and he started making it more believable. So it actually looked like it was it was real, which means we can relate to it a bit more. 
And it's just these little tiny things, like mounting the cables and stuff. Instead of them just being like almost like stuck on. I think that's brilliant. But also he said he wanted to add a radar dish, but it was it was rejected. But I like that, because it's almost like he pushed it. He pushed the design as far as he could go, and even went into like, you know, almost like stupid areas of radar dishes and stuff. But he pushed it to see how far he could go. I like that. It's, that's what they say about exaggerating. And what is it here? Yeah, and I've, I've put just like he did with the bridge. He's done the same thing. He's he's kept it. He's he's using his imagination, so it looks futuristic, but it also looks believable. It's that balancing, which is cool. The next word is the is you utopia. This is by the artist Matt Gasser, who's actually worked for Lucas Arts, well Lucas Films, and Blizzard. So again, we've got another top top artist here. This one was a beautiful little article. He was talking about the future being a a place where earth harnesses the the energy of the earth almost like free energy i thought it was a beautiful article because the image we've got like the earth as i imagine it in the old days like ancient times it's all covered in grass and water it's beautiful and all the technology is floating in the air it's what he's done is he's using the magnetic sphere of the earth to to have all the technology floating which is brilliant because what it means is we're not ruining the earth. We can have our technology without without ruining the earth. I thought the main thing from this was I just loved the I loved the way this guy was talking, Matt Gasser. It's almost like he's a beautiful bloke. Yeah, really nice. But I put here clean energy vision of Earth's distant future. I put it all back to nature. The tech is floating in the sky. This is where I started thinking. Juxtaposition of nature and geometric shapes. He said that because the thing is, I heard, who was it? Somebody said, nature doesn't make straight lines. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about nature. Everything is sort of curvy and it all flows beautifully. Whereas when you look at things that we make, it's normally all straight edges and like jagged. And we know that straight edges and jagged is aggressive. Whereas nature, the curviness is peaceful. So I like that. He's got, what he's done is the technology is all like, is all this like sharp edges. And then the nature is smooth. So we've got the thing going on there. That, what I would say is juxtaposition of the shapes. But also the colours. The earth is green and blue. Like nature. And the technology is... Is all orange. So there's a separation between the two things. Which is quite cool. Uh, put here. Oh yeah, this was cool as well. Like somebody from last week, he used a load of old photos that he had taken ages ago for something else. He used those photos for the colour palettes. So again, it was like nothing is ever wasted on this. Yeah, everything, everything we do in our life, you never know when it might come in handy. I like that. The next one is the letter V and it's the word vehicle by the artist Sam Brown and he works for Massive Black which I've heard of them before. 
what I thought is, do you have do you have problems writing the word vehicle? Whenever I write the word vehicle, I always want to spell it V E C H. I don't know why. It's a weird word that. It's actually V E H. It always gets me that vehicle. Weird, but this one here, it well the image is of like a it's like a moon buggy, but it reminds me of the Mako from Mass Effect. I absolutely love that. In Mass Effect, this video game, you was exploring space and you'd have these missions where you'd you come out of your spaceship, you're getting this little 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 buggy, it was called the Mako, you'd actually drive this thing around the planet, you had to go around the planet picking up these beacons and stuff. I love that, because what happened was each planet was like different. It was you'd have like red planets, icy planets stone planets earthy planets i i loved that bit the thing was most people didn't like that and then when they, when they released mass effect 2 they actually took that out of it i was, I was really upset about that because i thought it was cool in the, in the second one you still had the exploring the planets but you you did it all with a static screen so it was much more boring i feel like they took a they took something good out of that i think what they should have done was, I think, they should have improved the handling of the Mako. Instead of just removing it. It's a bit weird, that. Where's it put here? Oh, yeah, this was here. He's put about the challenge of function and coolness. In other words, he wants the thing to be looking cool. So, he's, again, his imagination, he wants it to be cool. But he's still got to keep it realistic and believable. So... He's got this thing going on between how far can he push the coolness of the design while still having it be actually functionable. And then he's thinking about the size of the wheels. He's thinking about the storage. So has it got storage? And he's he's basically asking himself the whole time, what is the purpose of this vehicle? Which is amazing. So as he's designing this vehicle, he's always he's always got in his back of his head, what's the purpose of it? So again, he's not going to get carried away with crazy designs. He's going to make sure he's always got it. Got it like, oh, this next bit here is amazing. So this one here, this one here is the letter W. And the word is weapons. And it's by the artist Brian Sum. Now, this is amazing. He works for Bioware. And he actually works on Dragon Age, Sonic Chronicles, which was one of my favourite little... DS games. It was like a, a Sonic the Hedgehog role-playing game. But he also worked on Mass Effect. So this art, this piece of the article here, we've got a page full of weapon designs for the video game Mass Effect. Now this is amazing because the thing is, I've I've always said when I'm going through these books, I've never really been that excited about weapons. But going through this article here. It, it really made me appreciate weapon designs so much more. So I'll put it here. I don't normally like, I don't normally like or care for designing weapons, but they are really cool when you're the one using them in the game. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, it's not that I don't like weapons. I do like them. So when I'm playing Mass Effect or Dragon Age or something, I love collecting the weapons. It's, it's one of the best bits that is. But the thing is, I've never had any desire to like design them 
I prefer designing characters and stuff. And I've also put I prefer swords and fantasy weapons to like guns. But these Mass Effect guns, well, to me, now this is amazing. These Mass Effect guns, they're almost like creatures. Yeah, they're almost like creatures. One of these guns, it's almost like got a, like a claw. It almost looks a little bit like a crocodile or something. I can imagine it moving. <laughs> it's quite funny. So what does he put, what have I put here? These must, they're almost like creatures. Yeah, he's talking about the silhouettes. And what I noticed was, silhouettes of these weapons, it makes me think that these weapons, these guns, they're like characters. And it was then that I thought, oh my goodness, the people who are designing weapons, they're almost looking at the weapon as like a, a character. Yeah. And then you start thinking about it. When you're playing video games, the weapons are very important. Yeah, sometimes you just take them for granted, but... Again, it's just, I've got appreciation for weapons now. So this one here is an alien race. So their gun is not going to be nice and clean. It's going to be a bit rusty and sort of beat up and stuff. So again, he's, he's designing these weapons and he's always thinking about the backstory. This is amazing. The, the, amount, the amount of stuff that's going into the, designing these weapons, it's amazing. You think they would just sit there and come up with a design and that would be it. But they have to think about so many things, like they have to think about the the alien that's going to be using it, the colours of it. But they also say here, well, it also has to fit into the world, which is going to be different for each alien, because each alien is going to be on its own world. So there's the amount of stuff going on here. I love this look. One of these, right, he's, he's put, the alien has got four eyes. So the alien that the weapon is based off of has got four eyes. So the barrel has got, the gun has got four barrels. Hee <laughs> How cool is that? Little things like that. It's like a, now you've got a connection between the weapon and the the alien. The four, four barrels. I love that. The silhouette. Oh, this was cool as well. When he's thinking about the silhouette, he said that the player... So us as the player, we mostly see, because it's third, third person, we mostly see one angle, which is down the barrel. So what he's doing is, he's making sure that that perspective has got a very interesting design. Because in other words, he could spend ages designing this gun so it looks amazing from the side. But when we're actually using it in game, it might look really boring from the back. So again, he's got to be mindful of all these things. It's quite amazing. This was good as well. Oh, and what he also did was, one of the things he did, because we're going to be looking at it from the back, he put a little hologram on it. So when, we are, when we're using the gun, a little hologram pops up. Like a little, that's a little attention to detail. What else? Oh, this bit here is amazing. So the main character in Mass Effect is Shepard. And what he does is he holds the weapon in a certain way. He's got like a certain pose. So when he's designing these weapons, he has to make sure that the, the hands of the character are going to fit into it. So this is, this is what really gave me the appreciation. He's basically designing these guns from his imagination. He's got to follow all these rules and stuff about the aliens. But he's also got to make sure 
that the gun fits in with the character. So again, he might create this amazing weapon, but when the player character, which is a human called Shepard, when that character picks up this gun, it just might not work with that character. So I'm thinking to myself, the amount of sort of iterations they must be doing on these designs. It's incredible, I think. So what have I put here? Yeah, what they've got is they've got this thing called a hand template. They've got like a hand template so they can they can put the gun into this. They can basically put the gun there and see how the hands are going to relate to it. Which is, I like that. So what I thought was he's free to, oh, it's this, he's free to go wild with the design, but he has to be mindful of all these other things. It's, it's amazing. So what I've put at the end is, I said I love this one, and I've said he's got to be mindful of the character, he's got to be mindful of the player, so he's got to be mindful of the character to make sure the weapon fits in with, fits in with the character. He's got to be mindful of the player to make sure that the weapon looks cool for us when we're playing the game. He's also got to be mindful of the world to make sure that the weapon is consistent with all the other aliens and stuff. And like the landscapes and all the rest of it. For me, this is this is one of the best articles I've ever read. Because I'm never going to look at weapons the same again. It's, it's unbelievable, that was. Definitely my favourite thing, I think. The next letter is the letter... Z was it Q? Is it Q? <laughs> yeah, X-ray. X. The letter X. It's the letter X for X-ray. This is by the artist C.B. Sorge, who is a graphic designer. Now, this one here is a bit weird. So what she does is she... She creates a mermaid and she uses f fish reference and she's creating a mermaid but with x-rays. The thing I've got is I don't really understand this one. I don't really understand the image because we've got an image of it looks like to me I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at. So this one here is the only part of this article I got a bit confused with but there was one piece of this bit I liked which is this this creature here has got a she says it's got a very complex vertebrae so like the bones at the back but she did this thing that they did in the article last week by she basically made her life easier by cutting and pasting this is one of the best things about working digitally is you can the time saving so what she did was she created one piece of this vertebrae she then copied it pasted it changed the size of it a bit and sort of started ro rotating it or tilting it she kept doing that so what happens is by the end of it the vertebrae looks I suppose like random but it's basically also consistent because everything is the same but the thing is she would have done that really quickly so this thing that looks very complicated it was done in no time because <laughs> she just cut and pasted this is quite cool the next one we've got is Yesterdays by the artist Jeff Simpson. And well, he works at Ubisoft. So again, we've got another, the amount of artists in this playing, like working on video games. I love this. This was another article done in like an interview style. And what he's doing is Jeff Simpson creates a sci-fi with a past. In other words, what we've got is we've got an image of like a structure, 
like a building, a structure, a futuristic structure, but it's covered in moss. So you've got the impression that this thing has been abandoned for millions of years. And then you've got these two little characters walking up the landscape. Well, for me, they're, they're about to go exploring. They're about to, what are they going to find? So we've got a little story going on there. But the questions that they asked Jeff is, what are we looking at? Take us through the image, and then it says, then you use 2D software. So what he did was he used uh, he used 3D software. Oh, I like that. What he did was he used 3D software. He played around with this 3D software. He just he said he just threw a load of shapes around, and he's, he's manipulating all these shapes until he got an interesting design. He then put that interesting design into Photoshop, and then he paints over the top of it. So again, another little time-saving tip. And the other thing is, he can experiment in that 3D software very quickly. And it doesn't matter whether he, he doesn't like what he's doing. He's not really wasting much time. Whereas if he was in Photoshop designing all this stuff, it'd be much harder to change it. And he'd also be, it would take much, much longer as well. So I like that. I thought, it was, I thought it was quite cool. What have I put here? Sci-fi with a past. Yeah. And I've put here, it's, this structure has been taken over by nature. And I've put here, nature always wins. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought to myself, imagine if humans get wiped out in like a thousand years time or something. All of our structures are going to be completely destroyed because nature, well, nature is relentless. It will never stop. And all the roots and stuff. Yeah, nature is like, well, nature is king for me. What we put here is he's created an, e an eerie sense by having a clash of bright and dark. So he's got the brightness of the the moss with like the darkness of the, the structure. What we put he's played he played around with the shapes in the 3D software till he got something interesting. And he only ah oh, I like this as well. When he's in Photoshop, he only uses the default hard round brush. So he's created this beautiful image just using the default brush, which I thought it just shows you you don't need all these custom brushes and stuff. Yeah, keep it simple, isn't it? <laughs> That's what they say. And then the last one is the letter Z, and it's zero zero gravity. This one is brilliant. What we've got is we've got a lady, like a yeah, really sexy lady, floating in space inside of a spaceship. This one here is by the artist Eric Jones, who he works on comic covers. This one reminds me of a video game called High Velocity. There's a video game on the Vita called High Velocity. It looks just like that. So what, we, what I loved about this one, the first thing that struck me when I was looking at the image was the, la the lady's clothes is all done with like, well, it looks like a cartoon. So the clothing looks like cartoon, like cell shaded. But if you look at the skin on the lady, the skin has got loads of texture on it. It's really weird. So you end up with like, almost like realistic texture of the skin with like cartoon fabric and stuff. It's a very unique style, that one. What I loved about this one was how he talks about how all the lines are flowing yeah, it's brilliant this one. What have I put here? 
So I said, he's got a cool female character. And I said, yeah, he leads the eye. He leads our eye around the composition. And he, what he's done is he's used circle shapes everywhere. So you got, well, he says, if you want to lead the eye around the composition, circles help. So circular shapes are good for leading the eye. So the spaceship is circular. Yeah, the, the spaceship is, is circular in the background. And that's a, he said he's got a cold metal which wraps around the character. So the, the female character is, in, is like wrapped inside of the spaceship in the coolness. And then you've got the warmness of the, the character. You've got the cord from the... Because she's holding like a hairdryer. <laughs> yeah, a little hairdryer thing. And the cord of that is wrapping around as well. And it's also going in behind and in front of the character. So you've got like your overlapping shapes. You've got the lady's body is curvy as well. But I love what I love here is... One of the things I love about the body is like the legs. If you look at legs... If you look at legs, what you'll notice is... A lot of the legs are straight lines. But you end up with like curviness, like the curvy bum... With like the straight of the legs. I love that about the human body. How you, you get this mix of curvy and straight. But the the pose of the lady is like curvy. And then her hair as well is all curvy. It's amazing. You could even say her boot. Because one of her shoes has come off. And it's floating in space. Inside of the spaceship. It's floating in this zero gravity. Even her boot is sort of curved as well. That's quite cool, that. What have I put here? Read one thing to do with... Ah, oh, there was something he said about... Yeah, I love this, look. He said, One thing I always do at the end of the process is flatten the piece and experiment with layer overlays in Photoshop. Listen to this, look. He says, You can stumble on some fascinating little accidents. <laughs> and then he says he talks, he talks about putting those textures in. But I love that. So what he does is, once he's got it all sorted, he then plays around a little bit, because you never know what what sort of bits of... What's it? Who was that bloke? Bob Ross. Bob Ross always used to say, happy little accidents. I thought it was cool. I like that. Oh, and he talks about parchment paper or something. He said you want to look online for parchment paper, because it's some sort of technique. That's how he created the technique for the textures which is cool and then ah, oh, yeah I said one of the rough, rough sketches is amazing so on this article it's also got like the sketches some of these initial sketches one of the sketches well both of them are amazing they're very curvy but one of the ones one of the what the one that this image is based off for me it's a lot more cooler because what he's done is in the sketch it's almost like the same image as the one he went with, but it's upside down. And I, for me, I thought that was more fitting of the word zero gravity. Because in the word, the word zero gravity, if you've got it upside down, I think that, gives it a, that would give a better impression of like floating. Because when you're floating, you are upside down and stuff. So I feel like if, if I was doing this, I think I would have kept her upside down. That was just something I noticed. And that is basically it. This really was a, an amazing article. It's 
probably one of the wow it was amazing i really did i enjoyed that <laughs> i hope you did Doing <laughs> little morty he said it look morty can do the he can do like a little dance you know when you're break dancing they do that thing you know when they do that thing where they're like dancing across the floor like a snake or something <laughs> morty's quite good at doing that i reckon morty would be quite a good swimmer but i hope you enjoyed that little article i'm going to do some more of these i'm actually going to do the a to z of fantasy art i'm going to try and do that next month in the month of january i'll try and do that because imagine effects had an a to z of fantasy art and i love fantasy i think fantasy is more exciting to me but well the main thing i've got from this article is a greater appreciation for sci-fi really excited now so I hope you enjoyed that. All that's left is this week's little inspirational quote. And it actually goes to an artist from this article called Bread Bean. Which is quite... No, yeah, Bread. B-R-E-T-T. Bean. I thought Mr Bean. is <laughs> Mr Bean. So this week's inspirational quote goes to Mr Bean. And, well, this is amazing. This is amazing. This week's little inspirational quote... Saying something once in an image is an accident. Saying it twice is on purpose. I love that because it's all about being mindful. Mindful in your art. Yeah, it goes back into something they said about on last week's article where they said, well, he said something, he said every single screw has a purpose. So every single little screw on like it was a ship or something, a spaceship. Every little screw had a purpose. So it's, it's like that. It's like saying how mu- you've got to be mindful of every... It's amazing, really. What I've noticed from these, this article especially is you're using your imagination, but you've got to keep it real. Yeah, because when you keep it real, it makes it believable. It's brilliant. So this week's little inspirational quote. Saying something once is in an image is an accident. Saying it twice is on purpose. Bread bean. <laughs> Bread bean. Mr. Bean. Da, da, da. Mr. Bean. Okay, I'm going to go for the world's longest slap. Slap.